spirit of Thanksgiving, today we're going to be talking about what we have to be thankful for when it comes to terrorism. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving, and I hope you made a list of things that you should be grateful for. That's always something that is so valuable. You know, we hear about making uh, New Year's resolutions. Well, at least as important as making a list, a gratitude list for Thanksgiving, uh, because the more grateful you are for things that you already have in your life, people, um, you know, not necessarily monetary things, but just all the blessings that you have, then what happens is you get more of it because the universe realizes that you appreciate it or God or however you like to think about this, the higher power. Well, today I'm going to be talking about what we have to be thankful for in regard to terrorism. Now, you may be thinking, I know what you're thinking, what? Thankful? I don't, there's nothing about terrorism that I have to be thankful for. Um, I, I wish it didn't exist, right? Um, well, I'm going to talk about some things that we do, in fact, um, some current things that we do, in fact, have to be thankful for. Now, the first one in regard to terrorism, the first one is the Thanksgiving parade, that there wasn't a terror attack. That is becoming increasingly more incredible with each year. Now, you may have seen, uh, hopefully you watched some of the Thanksgiving parade. I did. You know, I'm a born and bred New Yorker, so what's Thanksgiving without the Thanksgiving parade? But, um, and I, so you might have seen, as I did, uh, some police being interviewed about the security that there is for the day. And this, it seemed like this Thanksgiving, they had more, thing, more security than ever. I mean, that's what they were saying, that they've learned from, what happened in Europe and what's happened in various places all over the world um, as far as how attacks have been happening and what has been done to increase security. And so they put all of these things together and they figured out new and improved ways to uh, create security for the Thanksgiving parade. And he, they, he was talking about how, um, you know, you see lots of policemen around in the crowd uh, and they cordoned off the whole parade. So they were saying, you know, you see lots of policemen around with, amongst the people in the crowd, but there are lots of police who you don't realize are police, you know, um, people who are dressed in a way to disguise that they are police. And that's all well and good. And presumably they also had some bomb-sniffing dogs. But, you know, <laughs> the truth is that if there was a terrorist bent on doing something uh, to disrupt the parade and kill lots of people and injure lots of people. I mean, it can, it could have been done. Um, so it really is something to be thankful for that it wasn't. I mean, somebody could, um, and I'm not giving terrorists any ideas, these are things they've done before, but somebody could have in a backpack, or backpacks of course are a little suspicious these days, but a purse, you know, a little old lady with a little old purse that uh, some terrorist either uh, is dressed as or convinced to carry a bomb or, um, you know, even nowadays just knives uh, or guns. I mean, did everybody in, in Manhattan have to pass through um, 
some kind of equipment to determine whether they were carrying something like that. And then they did cordon off the area. And what was interesting, you know, this is something they learned. <laughs> they put trucks uh, around the general area, surrounding the area, so that if there was a plan to have a car or truck ramming attack, that that would have been very difficult to do uh, with these barriers of sand trucks, trucks, huge trucks carrying lots of sand. So that was really brilliant. I mean, it was a lot of brilliance that, um, that they used a lot of, uh, a lot from what they've learned and so on. But, but seriously, if, um, if a terrorist wanted to um, do something, they could have, and thank goodness that they didn't. So we should all be thankful for that. Now, another thing that we should be thankful for is that in um, the U.S. in general this past week, there was no terror attack. Um, and we can be thankful, getting back to New York City, we can be thankful that the terrorist uh, who committed the Halloween terror attack, Saifulu Saipov, the 29, Saifulu Saipov, the 29-year-old man, who killed eight people and injured a dozen others as he drove a rented pickup truck down towards the World Trade Center on Halloween. Um, you know, it's great that, great, it's uh, relatively better that he uh, didn't kill or injure more, certainly, but this isn't counting, you know, and in the indictment that I'll tell you about, that, that's what we should be thankful for, the fact that he was just indicted. But in this indictment, there is no uh, charge um, for uh, causing PTSD to people. Besides the people that he uh, killed and injured, he affected um, many, many more by their developing PTSD in reaction to his attack. Notably, especially the kids, the kids who were in the bus that the terrorist rammed into accidentally. <laughs> he didn't want to be stopped by the bus, but it was a um, special needs bus carrying kids and teachers. Two of the children were injured, two of the teachers were injured. Uh, certainly all of the children on the bus and the children in the schools around uh, Ground Zero, around this attack, uh, are suffering from PTSD may not be obvious yet, but it will soon be obvious. The 22 count indictment charges Saipov with eight counts of murder in aid of racketeering, 12 counts of attempted murder in aid of racketeering, one count of providing and attempting to provide material support to ISIS, and one count of violence and destruction of a motor, motor vehicle. So, um, you know, he's told investigators, he is so, he's flaunted it, you know, he's, he's so proud of what he did. He was shot, but he wasn't, he was, he was shot and then he was taken by ambulance to Bellevue where he was then uh, operated on and, um, you know, healed or is healing, uh, unlike the people he killed. Um, but he, so he's proud of his doing this by, because he was inspired by ISIS. And he wants an ISIS flag in his room. He wanted, he asked for that. And he told the, uh, the investigators that he was inspired by ISIS videos to use a truck. Like he had been planning this attack in reports, it says, for a year. But he decided to use the um, truck 
as the weapon of choice two months before the attack. And that was being, because of being inspired, the, the mode of attack being inspired by ISIS. Now, on two of his cell phones, they found about 90 videos and 3,800 pictures, many of which were ISIS propaganda. So, and he, he's admitted, I mean, he's, so, he's flaunting this, he's so proud of it. He said that he was motivated to proceed with his plan after he watched a video of the ISIS leader, the main ISIS leader, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, who was questioning, quote, what Muslims in the United States and elsewhere were doing to respond to the killing of Muslims in Iraq. He thought about putting an ISIS flag on the truck, but then he decided not to do that because it would draw too much attention to himself. And he's going to be in federal court on November 28th, so very soon, uh, on these charges. Now, I came across a story that is really fascinating about someone, a man, Damien Erskine. He's a 34-year-old British graphic designer who came to the East Coast with his girlfriend because they were attending a friend's wedding in New York. Now, on October 26th, so that's five days before the Halloween terror attack, they ordered an Uber from Newark International Airport. And lo and behold, as they realized only later, after hearing about the, the attack and the person who committed the attack um, on British television, you know, once they returned to London, um, it turned out that the Uber driver was Seifulo Saipov, the terrorist. Now, he described um, Saipov as, quote, very friendly and a perfectly normal guy. He described how Saipov took the bags from his girlfriend and loaded them up in the car, offered them water as they entered a white Toyota minivan, which is the vehicle that authorities later found at the Home Depot in New Jersey because that was where he rented the truck for the attack. Now, he, uh, this, this man, um, this Brit who, who called the Uber, said that Saipov was chatty during the ride. And the ride was over an hour and they were going to Rockaway in New Jersey. Um, and he said that Saipov talked about real estate prices in Manhattan versus London. He talked about how much he admired Range Rovers and said he hoped to own one someday. Now, just think about that. That's so amazing because, um, you know, here he's planning, presumably, I mean, was he planning to do it five days before? It certainly seems that he, you know, there are, have been reports that he purposely chose um, Halloween because he thought there would be a lot of people in the, in the street trick-or-treating. But um, so it's five days before, and yet he's still talking about how he hopes to uh, drive, have a, a Range Rover one day. And he talked about how he was a truck driver, and um, this Brit um, thought that um, this, the terrorist was totally normal, and that he didn't get a vibe that he was a terrorist. And he said that um, Saipo didn't mention religion or politics, and he wasn't critical of the U.S. in any way. He spoke good English. And uh, then the couple returned to the U.K. on the morning. They left, <laughs> they left the East Coast on the morning of Halloween, the same day. 
And um, then when they landed, they saw the news about what was happening in lower Manhattan. And he said, so we think, yeah, we were there. We were by the World Trade Center. And he said they had a really weird feeling. But it wasn't until later that they began to piece together that it was the guy who had driven their Uber. And um, he checked the his receipt to make sure. And yes, indeed, Sayakov's name was on his Uber receipt. So um, he is still, he and his girlfriend are still shaken by this experience. He said that they felt sick after they heard about the attack. And they, you know, of course, they keep going over their ride and just asking themselves, was there anything that we should have suspected and called authorities about? When he, in London, um, when he was, you know, he, when he figured out that it was his Uber driver, um, he contacted the American, uh, the U.S. authorities in Britain and told them about his experience, like, in case that would be helpful in any way. So that's one thing. Um, another thing to be thankful of that uh, that the Hall Halloween terrorist is um, being indicted. Now, another thing to feel thankful about. Uh, just before doing this podcast, um, there was news all over the internet about a possible terror attack in London, and um, it was a panic and it turns out that, that people call, lots of people called in uh to their 911 um to report shots being fired but in fact at least so far there there were no the the police have not found any evidence of any shots or any people being injured. There was one lady who was injured in the stampede, but nothing in relation to a terrorist, but they responded right away as if it were a terrorist attack, uh, because that's what everybody expected. So when it turns out, at least um, from some of the witnesses, it turns out that there was a fight. There's no, as of right now, um, uh, there are no reports of what the fight was about or, you know, any details about that. Perhaps we will have them later. But there was a fight on the platform at the Oxford Circus tube station. And there were around 50 or 100 people who gathered around this fight. There was someone on the ground, at least one person on the ground. And all of this upset the children who were around there. And, of course, you know, it's, it's also Black Friday in uh, London, and, you know, it's before Christmas and, you know, everybody is, uh, there were tons and tons of people in this shopping district, you know, in the tube station and, and in the shops above um, by shopping for Christmas presents, holiday presents. So these kids um, were amongst all the people who gathered around and they started screaming and running and it just started a stampede. And this is because um, the... The people in London are so um, on edge, you know, even though they try to walk around, certainly um, stiff upper lip and all of that, and, and, but they've had so many attacks in the last year that, of course, if someone yells shots or they think they hear shots, um, still, we still don't know what that noise was, but if people think that, 
um, they're going to panic. So for about 85 minutes, there was panic in the Oxford Circus tube and above ground in that general area. And so um, you know, the um, what was kind of an interesting situation is that some of the stores told people or people ran into the stores when they got up from the tube station in this stampede. Um, more people stampeded in the street because the people were coming up from the tube station in a panic. And so people ran into the stores. And what's kind of interesting is that some of the stores um, let the people take shelter, encourage the people to come in and take shelter. But then there was a store, Selfridges, which I've been into many times. It's kind of an upmarket department store. And in there, the people were ordered to leave. Now, you know, that isn't quite clear who decided to do that or why or whether they were afraid all these people were going to steal things, you know, in this sort of panic mode and stampede with these expensive things on the counters and suffrages. But I don't know, that seems like a rather selfish, um, not altruistic kind of, um, it's understandable, but really you want to send your shoppers out into the street where they could, you know, be killed by a terrorist. I mean, at that point, it wasn't clear whether they're, where the terrorist was, if there was a terrorist, what was going on. So um, now it's interesting that th this uh, area is near the uh, London Palladium, or I should say the London Palladium is near Oxford Circus. And um, Prince William and Kate are supposed to be attending a uh, performance, royal variety performance at the London Palladium. And as of uh, this last report, they were still planning on going. Now, you know, again, it's, it's understandable that Londoners uh, are jumpy because there were so many attacks this year, especially using vehicles to hit pedestrians on Westminster Bridge, London Bridge, outside of London Mosque, um, and so on. And uh, at a tube station, a different tube station. And then, of course, in Manchester, um, the bombing of the Ariana Grande concert. So people are kind of on edge, looking sort of complacent or at least stiff upper lip. And then there's this, you know, panic stampede over what turned out to be probably a fight, you know, nothing to do with terrorism. When, how long is it going to take before that is what happens in the States? I think probably not that much longer. Now, so, um, think people, these are things that we should be thankful for. That, uh, uh, but in another place in the world, there, there is less to be thankful for. In, um, in Egypt, a mosque had one of, one of, or the biggest, I mean, it's being reported as the biggest, um, terror attack with the most casualties. There are over 200 people who were killed and over 100 who were wounded. There are even some reports giving greater numbers than that. I mean, it always takes a while to, uh, this just happened today, and it always takes a while to get the exact figures. So what happened, and I think so far no one has claimed responsibility, but they believe that it's ISIS 
um, because there have been problems with ISIS and ISIS uh, sect or segment um, in, in Egypt before. I mean, there's known to be a kind of group of um, ISIS-inspired terrorists. And, um, you know, and this, by the way, um, this goes to the, to the point of how um, Muslims are often the targets of terrorists themselves. And uh, so, you know, lest anyone, I mean, that's kind of a, another reason why we shouldn't uh, be Islamophobic. Um, so, but, you know, the, the planning that went into this attack um, of the mosque in Egypt is amazing because first what they did was uh, the, the terrorists. They first blocked the escape routes um, from by blowing up cars and leaving the burning wrecks blocking the roads. Or I shouldn't say um, first. I mean, first what happened was um, that they, they had a bomb. Um, they, well, they surrounded the mosques with, first of all, with, with all-terrain vehicles, and they planted a bomb outside the mosque. So, you know, that must not have, that wasn't very difficult to do. And then when the worshipers, there were, there were 300 people in the mosque worshiping at the time. And so, of course, when the bomb went off, the worshipers tried to flee. And that was their second plan, uh, the terrorist second plan of attack, that when these worshipers tried to flee, they mowed them down with guns, with, you know, shooting them. And they also left, put four, um, well, they were shooting from four vehicles, and then they blocked off the escape routes from the area by blowing up cars and leaving the burning wrecks blocking the roads. So... They had a bomb at the mosque, the people ran out, they shot the people who were running out, and then they also blocked people from leaving by blowing up cars, burning and making burning cars that then blocked the roads. So this was a very well-planned attack. And um, there has been a four-year insurgency by Islamist extremist groups, and but this is the worst attack that they've ever had. Uh, Inside, the, this was a mosque where there were particularly Sufis who were praying there. Now, Sufism is a, is a kind, is Islamic mysticism. It's a kind of um, Islam. Most of them are Sunni Islamists. Um, and they, it's, a, it's a kind of mystical uh, aspect of Islam. And uh, they don't hurt anybody. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, this isn't, but, the, but ISIS doesn't like them because um, they believe that, that they worship uh, saints and shrines. And I, um, for certain Islamists, this, this is like uh, idolatry. This, these are, they are, um, they consider them infidels, you know. So even within the Muslim religion, there are factions, in other words, that hate each other. Um, I mean, again, not, there are some factions, um, like the ISIS-related factions, um, that are violent about it and, and create attacks. 
So here these people were, I mean, that's, you know, it's kind of like the church, uh, the, the recent church attack in, in Texas, where if, to me that is just, um, that is, is just the worst to be praying to whatever God, whether you're praying to an Islam God or a Catholic God, Protestant, whatever kind of God, for you to be in your house of worship, which should be the safest, most sacred place for you in the world, whatever your religion is, for people to come and, and commit violence, to, to kill and injure people who are in their house of worship, is just the worst. Because, uh, and you know, it, not only is it bad, of course, for the victims and the victims' families, but it has a, um, a ripple effect on all of us. It kind of makes people think, um, well, you know, is, is there a God? Whatever kind of God, you know, is there Muhammad? Is there whatever kind of God you want to believe in? Is, is there really a God who will protect me? I mean, here I am praying to the God and, um, and, and I, I'm killed or I'm injured or my, my loved one is killed or injured. There's just something particularly um, inhumane about that and dreadful about that. And as I said, it has a ripple effect making other people um, just wonder if they can or should believe in whatever their religion is. So in conclusion, <laughs> um, we need to be thankful that, um, as I said, the terrorist parade, the fact that the New York Halloween terrorist is being indicted, the fact that the questionable attack in London turned out to be a false alarm, and that we were not in the mosque in Egypt, but of course we feel, have to feel most compassion, um, a lot of compassion for the people who were and who are their relatives or loved ones. So what does this mean in addition to things that we need to be thankful for in relation to terrorism? It means that we do need to be vigilant that um, it is likely that one day it will come to come to pass that in America we will, you know, be easily driven into a stampede just like the people in London because, because even though we walk around in this uh, complacency and, and our heads in the, in the ground, um, really deep down unconsciously uh, we may not be quite as, as scared as Londoners who had so many attacks in the past year, but we are aware. But while it is relatively calm like this, where we are, this is the perfect time to be talking to your children about terrorism. Kids are going to see the reports tonight about the Egypt, um, about all of the things that I was just talking about. There, that's going to be on. These are these are top news stories, and kids are going to be seeing these. And um, in order for them to keep some sense of calm themselves and not be in a panic. This is the time to be explaining to them. Uh, and this is why I wrote my book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. And this is a time of terror, whether we're in London or Egypt or wherever we are in the world, this is a time of terror. So um, let me give you my, uh, my website addresses so that you can find out more 
uh, about, well, first of all, so that you can write to me, contact me, ask me questions. I will um, read your letters in subsequent shows. My website is www.terroristtherapist.com, terroristtherapist.com. My Facebook page, if you just put in terrorist therapist, you will come to my page. Check that out. I always post uh, timely articles and um, things that, uh, you know, that you will find of interest that will let a psychological perspective on terrorism. And then my book is in wherever books are sold, uh, but the easiest, what you can find out more information about it, not only for my website, but also the website of the publisher, which is terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and I hope I've given you more things to be thankful for. 